When a young woman begins to suffer from terrifying paranormal attacks, she's looking everywhere to find some sort of relief. But what happens if the way she tries to stop this beast from beyond only makes it stronger? And then we travel to the supermarket to meet a man pushing a shopping cart down the aisle looking for a great deal. He came in to buy some deodorant, some detergent, a bag of chips. But he's about to find himself thrown back in time over 400 years. Fighting for his life on top of a castle wall. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day, too. I hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing. Hope you guys had an awesome weekend. The Expendables is already out of the movie theaters, guys. Sorry to disappoint you. I kept talking about seeing it. It was only in the theaters for two weeks. That That's the first Expendables movie I missed on the big screen. <laughs> no, I know. I had quite the record there. Saw the first three. I think I saw the first three opening weekend. But someone who always... Sees every expendable movie every day. A bit of an obsession for this person. Wandering into Dead Rabbit Radio Command right now. Watch your step because we're about to greet Stink Bug Potato. Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> we're clapping as this little stink bug. Little stink bugs crawling all over feet. <laughs> Super disgusting. I'm like, ah, you can't move. You can't move. You gotta let it crawl between your toes. Stink Bug, you're gonna be our captain or pilot this episode. Stink Bug Potato was very nice and sent me three books off my Amazon wish list for my birthday. So we're going to give you three separate shout-outs. I'm going to spread them out so it's not just one week. People get tired of hearing your name. It is quite disgusting, by the way. Stink Buck Potato, the first book we're going to highlight that they sent me, easily has the creepiest cover. I don't even feel comfortable, honestly, having it in my house. So uh, thanks for buying it for me, but it's creepy. It's called The Black Alchemist. A Terrifying True Story by Andrew Collins. I'm assuming a lot of times I put stuff on my uh, Amazon wish list because I'm researching a story and I come across this author who's done something else and I go, oh, that looks interesting. I'm not particularly uh, familiar with this book, but apparently it's a true story. And uh, it just looks absolutely terrifying. It has something to do with the Antichrist, um, about bringing the Antichrist, the second Adam, into existence. But I'm really looking forward to it. I don't know how I don't know if I'm gonna rip the cover off or just be a big boy and pretend it's not creepy, but yeah, it's, it's totally terrifying. I'll put a it's almost hauntingly terrifying. It's almost like it's the cover of a horror novel, but it's not a novel, it's a true story. Saying thank you so much, Think Puck Potato, and you'll get more shout-outs in the coming weeks. If you guys can't support the Patreon, if you guys can't support the show financially or buying me gifts or anything like that, I totally understand. I truly do just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That helps out so much. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell everyone you know. Dead Rabbit Radio is your favorite paranormal show. I see a lot of you guys doing that right now on the X board. I was over there. A lot of you guys there. Every so often, like a podcast or a YouTube recommendation thing pops up on the X board. And I see a lot of you guys over there right now as I'm recording this posting about Dead Rabbit Radio. So I really, really appreciate that. That's how you get the word out. Stink bug potato. Let's go ahead and start off. I'm going to toss you 
the keys to the Jason Jalopy, we're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command, drive us all the way out to a beautiful home. This first story, I don't have permission to go quite into detail with it because it's ongoing and the person's still kind of suffering from this. But I, but I thought the story was fascinating nonetheless. Let me give you a brief, the briefest of overviews because I don't want to dox this person. But here we go. Basically, back in, I would say, April, March, April, May of this year, 2023, my friend, let's go ahead and call her, I don't know, call her Jessica. Jessica started to experience some fairly hostile paranormal activity. And it's followed her. It's followed her across the country. She first experienced this out on the East Coast on a vacation, and then she came back home and she's experienced it a few times since. And and Jessica is someone who's very sensitive to the paranormal. She's had paranormal events happen in the past, but nothing like this. Nothing where she actually feared them. Nothing like she actually felt she was in danger. This is a whole new thing that's going on. And it's gotten progressively worse over the couple months. It doesn't happen every month. But what's happening is it's getting worse. And 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 so she doesn't feel comfortable. I maybe at some point we'll tell the whole story because it is a really, really interesting story. That's a, a good overview of it though. So here's the thing. She's been telling me about it as it's been happening. Back in, earlier this year, she told me about this weird experience she had, and then she started telling me these other things that's happened in the past couple of months. So she's been keeping me updated, but it's gotten to the point. You know, I asked the question, I said, are you re- are you a religious person? That, that's a good thing. If you're a religious person and you start suffering from um, spiritual attacks to go to your faith leader, that's a great place to start. And she's like, not particularly, not particularly, doesn't have a church if I recall. But what's happening to her, it definitely seems demonic. Definitely seems demonic. So... You know, I, I mentioned that to her, and then she was, you know, after this most recent event, she goes, I'm hoping it's over, because I verbalized to it. It took her a lot of effort to to say it out loud, but I verbalized to it for it to leave. Like, this thing's been pretty persistently vicious in these attacks, and she was talking about saging the place, she was talking about playing a scripture verses, Bible verses on her phone. You know, these these different things you could possibly do to kind of ward it off or keep it at bay or, you know, hopefully just get it to leave. And she's telling me all this stuff and I'm like, mm. uh-huh, uh-huh. Here's the thing. I've been studying this stuff for 30 years. And I don't know what to do. This is the thing a lot of people get in trouble with. While on paper, if anyone was going to be considered a paranormal expert, for the amount of research I've done, for the amount of on-the-ground ghost cases I've worked, on paper, if you looked at my resume, everything I've done, you go, oh, you must be an expert at this stuff. I'm not. Nobody is. I know a lot about it, but I don't know enough to be called an expert. Nobody does. 
Because all of this research ends at the great unknown. I mean, I get it. You're a biologist. You're probably going to find other animals out there that humanity hasn't petted before. You're like, oh, it's the lava worm. Look at it. It's living right next to this big giant thing on fire. I'll burn it up. You're like, oh, my last thing I've ever seen is a new species. As a biologist, you know, you'll learn about new animals. You'll find, you'll be digging in the earth and you'll find like a, a, a like a grub. And you're like, what? No one's ever seen this grub before. <laughs> you're super hungry. You're all, oh. and no one ever will. But there's a, you know, obviously you can know pretty much everything there is to know about animals. You can guesstimate at a certain point and go, well, I think we found all the foxes in the world. But if there are undiscovered foxes out there, I can tell you what they look like. <laughs> Probably long and skinny. Probably got little fox faces. Probably got little paws. We can start to, as a paranormal, we don't have that. It doesn't matter what field you're in. Cryptid, uh, cryptozoology, UFOs, ghosts. There's just there's sh- there's more unknowable stuff, things that you'll never know, in paranormal research than you will know. And I I would argue most sciences outside of quantum physics and maybe astrophysics, right? When you're looking at dark matter and things like that, where you can guess, you can kind of figure there's something there that we can't see because the way everything moves. But I think you could be considered an expert at astrophysics. I think if someone declares himself an expert in the world of the paranormal, it's just not true. I don't think I think you can be very experienced. I think you could have read a lot. I think you could have done a lot in the field, and that's great. That's awesome. But what we're getting at is I don't know how to help my friend. I know what has worked in the past. I know that you can sage a place. I know that you can command things to leave. I know that you can read Bible verses. I think I think those last two are the best places to start. Asking it to leave and playing Bible verses. If that's applicable to your religion, I think would work. But I asked her, she said, I'm thinking about saging the place. And I go, have you ever saged a place before? And she said, no. And I go... You got. You just got to be super careful. This is the problem. I get it. She wants to have this fixed. But I compared it. I said, imagine if uh, you sent someone to go clean up your kitchen. And they heard that bleach was a really good cleaning tool. And they begin then pouring bleach all over your kitchen and scrubbing it. Like, technically, yeah, the kitchen's getting cleaned. They are using a cleaning agent. You're not going to be able, you're not going to be able to prepare food there for a while, if ever. Everything's soaked in bleach. And sure, the germs are gone. But you've created a bigger problem for yourself. If you don't know how to sage, it's not something that I would recommend watching a YouTube video on and being like, oh, I know how to do this millennia-old banishing ritual because i watched this three minute thing on youtube you can use youtube to learn how to rebuild a car or how to you know put in a new toilet i don't think and i've never saged anything i bought sage i talked about that story a long time ago because of my closet being haunted by an old man and i bought sage and i never used it eventually the one day i said i was going to use it I had it for a long time. The one day I finally made up my mind tomorrow, I'll sage. The old man appeared to me and said, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't know I was scaring you. Don't sage. Don't sage the place at all. I won't be so spooky. 
I'll put that episode in the show notes. That's kind of it in a nutshell. Um, I've never staged anything. I wouldn't feel comfortable going to her house or really anyone's house and start throwing sage around because I don't know what I'm doing. If I was given time to really study it, I'm sure. Well, see, here, here's the thing. I Listen to all those wiggle words, right? If I had enough time, maybe I'm sure I could figure it out. I would really want to learn from someone who's already done it. I would really wouldn't even feel comfortable reading a book on it. I'd want to meet someone who's done it a lot and had success with it. Because, listen, here's the thing. This stuff can go sideways super, super quick. So I had this story from Jessica. She told me, and maybe we'll tell it someday in full. Maybe we won't. Maybe it's just <laughs> she's all floating around one day. I'm like, hey, Jessica, how are you doing? She's breathing fire. It's like, hey, did you ever <laughs> did you ever get that problem solved? She's, ah! Flies away in the woods. I was like, I'll see her tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow when she tries to devour my soul. No, I'm sure it'll come to a good ending. I don't think I don't think she'll get possessed, right? You know, it's unlikely. But let's take a look at another one of my friends, longtime listener of the show too. Uh, Jessica listens to the show as well. Really appreciate all you guys. I got this message just the other day from longtime listener of the show, a guy who today doesn't want his name used either in this story. We're gonna call him Brock. And it was so interesting, the uh, these two stories kind of coming ahead at the same time. Brock said, hey, you know, where I live, there's this pagan tradition we have. You get this specific type of flowers, you bind them together, you hang them on your door. And it's to ward out evil spirits. Which sounds great, right? Who wants evil spirits in their house? He figures he wants to carry on this old tradition. So he went and he collected these flowers that he was supposed to, and he binds them together and he hangs them from his front door. And Brock said, pretty much since the moment I did this, I've had the worst luck. The storm hit the area and damaged my garage. And the insurance company won't help him pay for it. They'll be like, nope, we don't have rain damage. We have plane damage. You didn't see that? They're all changing the contract. I hate insurance companies. If you're an insurance salesman, Fine, you can feel free to listen to my podcast. I don't particularly hate you, but insurance companies are the worst. This episode, I don't know if Allstate's sponsoring this episode. The ads we get on this show are all national ads, for all I know. You're in good hands with Allstate. But anyways, insurance companies are a joke. You have this storm hit, damages the garage, the insurance company comes out and they're like, nope, we're not going to cover this. Also, his roommate left, (laughs) most likely blown away by the storm. So now Brock needs to find another roommate. His job, Brock's job, is starting to slow down. They're having less and less work to do, which sounds fun, right? That sounds great. But it's probably a job where it's probably a job where it's not great, where the less people showing up. Maybe he's a male stripper, and like there's less people showing up at the strip club. It was also damaged in the storm. And while this is going on, he's noticed a couple times the bundle of flowers has fallen off of his door, almost like it's getting knocked off. And he'll pick it up, he'll put it back on, go about his day. Now, if that was it, you could go, that just seems like a bad run of luck, which is kind of what he said, right? Business is slow at the strip club. Insurance company won't pay for his garage. His furniture, he had a, he had a piece of furniture that broke. He got in an argument with a loved one. Lost some money on an investment. 
He's had a bunch of other just minor things, right, happen. Piece of furniture breaks. He lost some money on an investment. Some girl he was talking to ghosted him. Cars making weird noises. Stuff like that. Stuff that's starting to add up. And he goes, listen, in general, I'm just feeling more depressed than normal. Could be. Could be the fact that my garage doesn't have a roof. Could be the fact that we need to install a new pole at the strip club. And we don't have enough money. Whatever it is. I'm just feeling down more than normal. And I'm wondering, is this all just a coincidence? Is the fact that I hung up... Because remember, this is supposed to ward off evil. But bad things have been happening since. So this is really interesting. This kind of goes back to that first story. Brock goes, I got a lot of questions. Because obviously, <laughs> these could be just be a coincidence. But everything seemed to have started after I put up the bundle of flowers. And he has these theories. He goes, one... Is it possible that God is angry? <laughs> this is kind of a given, right? This is probably the first one I'd go with. Is it possible that God is angry at me for pagan worship? And, and I mean, technically, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure, pretty sure he annihilated a lot of people in the Old Testament for doing the same thing. But also, I mean, that would then, you would think that every atheist would be sitting on the side of the road. They're like, why did my car break down? And my girlfriend broke up with me at the same time. Ah! Like, you would imagine, like, atheists would constantly be bumming around, holding up signs like, we'll pray for food. <laughs> they're actually praying, but they're, like, got their fingers crossed when they're praying. They're like, I don't believe in any of this. I, I, I mean, it's possible. The Old Testament God is pretty petty. He's a pretty petty guy, but there would be a lot of people being punished if that was specifically it. He said, uh, did I follow the instructions wrong? That's a really interesting one. He sent me over a video. I couldn't understand. Video was in a different language, but it, maybe it's instructions. It was just a girl. I didn't watch much of it. It was a girl just walking around a flower field. I was like, ah, I'm sure this is relevant in some way. Um, That's probably the instructions for how to build the build the flower bundle but he goes did i follow the instructions wrong did, did i by doing the flowers wrong he goes i think i got all the plants right i think i did it right but it could be because i put this up on my door but i did it wrong i'm actually inviting evil spirits in could that be possible or i thought this was really interesting he goes i put the bundle up it's supposed to keep evil spirits out but what if i trapped something inside my house and it wants out and it can't get out and now it's making my life a living hell no pun intended because this thing's probably from hell could it be that i'm locked something in here with me and then he goes i don't know if i should get rid of it i really don't want to because i'm stubborn <laughs> the universe is coming at me because i have this bundle up here then i don't want to get rid of it but when you engage in this, and I, I, I don't know, I don't know if Brock got this whole idea from the YouTube video. I'm sure he put more thought into it than that. But these are, if someone gave you something that says this is going to ward off evil spirits, and it's not a scam, right? If somebody actually has an object that is charged and says this will protect you from evil spirits, if you take this and you put it under your pillow, or if you hang it from your door, it will protect you from evil spirits. That's all they tell you. Really would be the equivalent of you getting from somebody else a bulletproof vest. And they go, this will protect you from 
bullets. And then they just leave. And while that is true, a bulletproof vest will protect you from bullets, that's not all the information you need to know to use a bulletproof vest. Just like if they go take this amulet and put it under your pillow, if it is a real charged amulet with psychic or magical powers, you're, it, is, it is incredibly powerful. This is, an, this is a amulet that, if it is not a scam, is able to keep the darkest forces in the universe at bay. And the only instruction you have is put it on your pillow. How does it work? Who created it? How did they create it? When was it created? Does it work all the time? Does it work against all evil entities? Does it work against ghosts? Does it work against demons? Does it work against shadow men? All super important questions. Same thing, if I gave you a bulletproof vest... Do you, you can probably figure out how to wear it. You can probably figure out how to put it on. But you need to know, what type of bullets does it stop? How far away does the shooter have to be for it to be effective? How heavy is it? Is it something you can put on and then run 50, 100 yards? Is it a 5-pound vest? Is it a 20-pound vest? How tight does it have to be against my torso? Can I let it uh, a bit loose? The person's already given you the vest and they've left. Now you have a bulletproof vest and you go, oh, it's bulletproof. This protects me from bullets. That's not what... Yeah, in the most basic of statements, that's what it is. But anyone who knows anything about bulletproof vests would say it's way more complicated than that. It depends a lot on how you wear it, how what you're being shot with, the distance you're being shot at. How many bullets are coming at you? You're not Superman in these things. But you don't know the answer to any of those questions. It's the same thing with these amulets. Same thing with saging a house. Same thing with tying these bundles. We don't know... If you don't know in depth how this stuff works, it's really dicey to mess around with. And my instinct is to say, yeah, Jessica, just sage your house. Because that is a good answer to it. That'll work most of the time if you know what you're doing. And I don't. I understand how saging works. I get the mechanism behind it. But I don't, I couldn't tell you exactly how to do it. Do you do it in the interior of the house? Should you do it in the exterior of the house? Both? Is it possible that you create a situation like Brock has where now you've trapped something in there with you when before you might have relief where these events were months apart, now it's nightly because the thing can't get out to do what else it was wanted to do? It's taking it out on you. If you sage a place, I always say it's like putting a Brinks house alarm sign on your front yard saying this house is protected by Brinks. Sure, you have a Brinks, you have high-end house alarm set up, but now everyone walking by your house knows when they see that sign, you have stuff worth protecting in there. You're willing to pay X amount of dollars a month to protect your house from me. Why? Because you have something in there that you don't want taken. Those brink signs to an experienced criminal with nothing to lose, who doesn't care if it's that risky, he's going to get in there. I'm going to break into that house as opposed to the house next door. 
I'm going to go into the Brinks house. They're supposed to say, watch out, criminals. It's going to be a harder time breaking in. But yeah, it's going to be a harder time. You're spending money to keep me out. So there's something in there worth getting. Not every criminal is going to see it as a beacon, but some will. When you sage your house, if there's an evil entity moving through your area, and they see dark house, dark house, dark house, dark house, dark house, and then at the end of the street, one house surrounded in divine protection. It's lit up like a Christmas tree on the astral plane. Yeah, sure, most evil entities may go, ah, whatever's in the house is not worth it. It'd take more time trying to break through the sage, more time trying to get through this protection than it would be worth it. But to a very experienced, diabolical creature who has really nothing but time on their hands, these things have been around since the beginning of the universe, I would, if I was an evil entity, I'd go, there's something in there worth getting. That house is being protected for a reason out of all of these houses I could go into, but there's something in that house that wants to keep me out. So that's the house I want to go into. Risk-reward. Crazy stuff, though. If you don't know what you're doing, it's really hard messing around with this stuff. People love to mess around with it. I find it fascinating in theory. I don't know how to help my friend. I hope it works out. (laughs) I know that kind of sounded half-heartedly. It definitely hopes it works out. I hope that she's able to get rid of this entity. My advice would be what she's doing now, vocalizing to it she wants it to leave, and then I would probably... If you were a member of religion, speak to that faith leader, see what their advice is, and just kind of go through this process. I'd be really iffy giving more advice than that. Because you might have a situation like Brock where he seems to have made things worse by hanging this up. And he really, it's not like he had a problem with evil entities coming in the first place. He just said, oh, I'm going to put this up. This will be an interesting tradition to carry on. And if anything, he has invited something in or trapped something in i think his problems are also pretty temporary as well i think jessica's problems will go away with the right support i think brock probably just needs to t- <laughs> probably just needs to take those flowers down bro but you know i he doesn't it doesn't seem to be too bad for him however i recently had talked about the, the cursed basketball i found and that was really starting to uh, affect me you had to get rid of it. I didn't. I, I didn't care. I was like, okay, okay, Chris, basketball, you're out of here. Stink bug potato. I'm gonna go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We are leaving behind this home. We wish Jessica and Brock the best. I, I believe they both will get away from these things pretty unscathed. Fly us all the way out to college. <laughs> It's August 2022. We're in college. Back to school, baby. Hanging out there. Playing football on the quad. People are trying to get to class. We're like, nah, dude, skip class, bro. Come play football with us. The professor's like, oh, that sounds awesome. Takes off his stupid tweed jacket. We tackle him. He gets all in the mud. It's awesome. We're back to school. But unfortunately, that doesn't... (laughs) Unfortunately, you can't tackle professors. It is against the law. It's called assault in most jurisdictions. So instead, we're sitting in a dorm room with this kid named Phil. He's a new student. That's not his real name, but that's what we'll call him. He's sitting in his dorm. School's just starting for him. And he's enjoying life. This is really cool. He's finally out on his own. Well, one night... Phil was about to go hang out with some of his buddies, and he goes, oh, I got to change real quick. I put on something a little more casual than this nerd getup I'm wearing, like pants. <laughs> He's like, all the cool kids just wear their underwear, right? 
He's wearing like just slacks and a, a button up and a tie. And he's like, I need to get more casual. So he goes back to his dorm room and he runs in. The next thing he knows, he is a little boy. Phil is in the same room, but as a little boy. And sitting on his dorm room bed is a, what he describes as a brown-skinned woman, possibly an Indian from India. A brown-skinned woman sitting on his bed fills a little boy, and he sees about three to four other kids sitting there, and the room is dark. It's like the power is out. And he's sitting there, the other children are sitting there, and then the woman on the bed speaks a language that Phil doesn't understand. He doesn't recognize. But, this is weird, but little kid Phil knows the language and understands it. Because when this woman says this phrase in this language, Phil, along with the other kids, begin to laugh really hard. They, it's like he said it was a very natural and genuine laugh. He got the joke. This little kid version of Phil got the joke. When Phil remembers the story, he goes, I have no idea what she said, but I know that my laughter was genuine. The joke was really funny, but I don't know what it was. But he's sitting there as this little kid, and as he's laughing at the joke, he said it felt like my entire body started to twist. He could feel himself contorting. He could feel his body getting tight and then start to slowly move around. Against his will, he's physically twisting. Phil, Phil, wake up, dude, wake up. The next thing Phil realizes, he's lying on the ground of his dorm room. And his roommate had come in. Phil had been gone for hours. His roommate came in and was like, dude, what are you doing? Why are you asleep on the ground? And Phil goes, for me, it seemed like just a couple minutes had passed. My roommate said I must have been sleeping for hours. Time slip, memory of a past life, alternate reality. All, all, these, all these are kind of fitting, but it's interesting because from what he could tell, it was still that room. It was still that room. So, I mean, there's so many different... I, I hope we get time to get to the castle story because I kind of want to analyze this a bit. That was posted online by a guy going by the name Winged Monkey Reel in a thread where people were talking about time slips. Moving from one time period to the other and back. Hopefully, right? You would want to come back. It depends, I guess, on how cool how cool the time slip was. This one, it's weird because it almost also feels alternate reality because they're, from what he could tell, even though it was dark, it was the same room. 
So were they in a reality where this college was not a college, but like an apartment complex where families lived? You had this older woman and these three kids. Was he transferred back into a different time period? He didn't have any clues like that, but it definitely was a weird event. Now, Hugo Jason, it's possible that he ran into the room, fell, slipped, hit his head, and dreamt this. And that is true as well. Well, let's take a look at another time slip story. We're about to meet this man. We'll go ahead and call him Peter. Peter is at the grocery store with his fiance. They're walking down the aisles. Not that aisle. The canned good aisle. <laughs> that joke was dumb. You should have just stopped right when you realized how bad it was going to be. They're walking down an aisle. They're looking at cans of chili beans. Peter's pushing the shopping cart, and he's just walking down this aisle, pushing the shopping cart, walking down the aisle, pushing the shopping cart. But in an instant, in a split second, without even noticing, Peter is no longer pushing a shopping cart walking. He is running along the ramparts of a castle. He's running along the top of this castle and he sees this tower and there is a wooden door there. And he bursts through the wooden door and is now standing in a hallway or this open area in the tower that he's just entered. And there he sees a man wearing green clothing. And Peter said, it's exactly like, imagine a guy in medieval times. Imagine a man in medieval times, how they would be dressed, like a soldier. That's what he looked like. He was dressed in green clothing, like you would see in some sort of movie or some sort of documentary or something like that. Peter sees this man draped in this medieval type clothing and rushes him. He is locked in a life-and-death encounter in this castle. And it turns into a wrestling match. And they're rolling around on the floor of this room. And Peter realizes... He's he's losing. Peter realizes he gotta get out of here. This isn't going well. So he breaks free of this enemy soldier and begins running again. And he says there is one other wooden door in this room. And he goes, I ran as fast as I could towards it, slammed into it to bust it open. Peter is pushing a shopping cart, walking down a grocery store aisle. He posted this online underneath the name Math Fan for President. I went, this was such a unique and interesting story. I went and, like I do for everybody actually on Reddit because I can weed out a lot of the losers and a lot of the fakes doing this way. To see if they post a lot of this once-in-a-lifetime type stuff. And no, Peter's account... Peter is interested in the paranormal. I saw a lot of stuff talking about paranormal, talking about conspiracies, but I didn't see anything on this level. And again, you have to wonder, is this past life regression? Is this time slips? A lot of times when we use the term time slip, 
It's somebody is in a particular location and they visit that location in the past. They're driving down a road in France and then all of a sudden it's full of a bunch of old-timey people walking around. Then they turn the block and everyone's back to normal. We did an episode like that a long time ago. It's a very, very... When I use the term common, I'm not saying that it happens every day. But as far as paranormal events go, it's not super unique. They're fascinating. I love time slip stories. You see them pop up from time to time over the centuries. They're absolutely fascinating stories. It may give us a bit of a clue as to what a lot of ghosts really are. Not the ghosts you can interact with. Not the ghosts that you can talk with, but the ghost of just someone being dragged down a hallway to their execution chamber and you see that kind of replaying or you hear a loud scream coming from upstairs every so often and that you look at your watch, that's the same time, you know, 100 years ago, a young woman was murdered up there. Those types of ghosts may be kind of a inverse time slip. We're not going back to their time. That's that event, that recording of that event is being replayed in our time. Time slips are super interesting. I love them. These ones don't really fit the bill because they're not that you go to a location and it's super old timey. They're being transported to these locations or time is being like with the dorm one, which I mean, it's possible that where that college is now used to be homes, but would the dorm room still be there? Would they have used the same dorm room? It'd It'd be hilarious if your dorm room is some old woman's house repurposed actually i'm sure that they do stuff like that in places um but who knows i mean the the one with the grocery store that definitely i don't think kroger's or albertson's was built on top of an old-timey castle he was teleported there i mean definitely i mean unless this grocery store is 50 feet in the air it wouldn't be the aisle that he was walking down was not exactly where the castle walls once stood. Fascinating story. What, what are these? I mean, you could say hallucination, tumor, you know, <laughs> the beginning of a serious mental illness. Those are all the skeptical answers. Could be a time slip. Could be a overactive imagination. Could be a memory of a past life. But going with what we talked about on the first segment here, we... Don't know. Obviously with the medical stuff. If this happened to me, I would make an appointment with the doctor. I would tell my doctor. I'm always on good relations with my doctors. I see them all the time. I go, I'd say, hey, listen, I was at the grocery store the other day and I had a full on vision of me running around. (laughs) I was just like, clearly, Jason, you don't do a lot of running. You're quite muscular, though. But you don't run, so obviously I know you're hallucinating. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I don't run. But I had a dream. It wasn't a dream. I was shopping, and all of a sudden I was running along, and I had this very vivid hallucination. I I go, I know that it wasn't real. It was hallucination. I would want to get a scan of my brain. I'd want to be tested for a tumor. But other than that, we don't know. We can guess. We can look at past events and go, it could be this, but, you know, it's not an undiscovered fox. Even if in any, every other way it looks like a time slip, it may not be a time slip. 
It may be something else. And you might think those are minor details, whether it's a time slip or a past life or something like that. It's pretty big, actually. There's a big difference between reliving the way you died 400 years ago or possibly getting transported into an alternate reality today. One is a memory. One is something that's happening right now. You're going to an alternate reality where we still live in castles. And you're in one that's being invaded. Fascinating, fascinating phenomenon, though, and I love it so much. Tomorrow, we're going to take another look at these. We've talked about how ghosts, some ghosts may be a time slip coming into our time, which makes you wonder, did the ghost at that time look around and see themselves in a modern room as they were being led to the execution chamber? That would be absolutely insane. We have time slips like that. We have time slips like this, possibly time slips. So what we're labeling it as, but we don't know where people are being transported to back in the past. And if you figure if that's possible, people must also sometimes be transferred into the future. But tomorrow we're going to take a look at a time slip like no other. Because tomorrow we are going to be inside the time slip as it's happening. But we'll talk about that on tomorrow's episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. DeadRabbitRadio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Peace.